With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to your Rugby World Cup preview episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Thank you to everyone who's been listening over the last few weeks and months. It has been our best ever month in terms of listener figures. So thank you very much indeed for that. Really appreciate everyone listening. And uh, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, (laughs) we have pulled out a man who the Welsh public have... They've seen more (laughs) of Toby Falatau than they have of this man. And he is... He is equally as important to us than uh, than uh, as Toby is to Warren Gatland. A <laughs> massive welcome back to the mighty Murph. Murph, how are you? Good, thank you, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Yes, honestly, we've had. Uh, I don't. We've had. I just interrupt a minute. Saying where are you? Go on. Yeah, but you know, you just had the best ever figures. Surely there's a coincidence, some sort of link between my absence and the you know things going well. <laughs> Gotta be well. I think our previous our previous best ever you were you were heavily involved in. So um no, I, I think this is definitely one of those like this is like this is like World Cup twenty nineteen where we did it all without Toby and this time we've we've got him. We've got him here, ready <laughs> ready to go. You're looking very you're looking very trim, my friend. What what's this this fitness regime you've been on? No, no, not at all. Uh I, you you a little bit like the new tackle laws, you can't go below <laughs> below <laughs> my sternum if you go below there nothing looks slim then um yeah no I, I mean my wife's away so i am sort of slowly starving to death a little bit but um no i haven't <laughs> there's, no, there's no fucking fitness going on i can assure you i have every inch, a lot of- every inch the modern man Murph. exactly yeah i know yeah I, I would live out of a fucking i'd be eating out of a bin if you don't come back soon uh the um uh, it, probably if I, you know, my steps have been higher because we uh, we had a lot of uh, groundwork at the cl- at the club to get the uh, grounds maintenance to get the um, season started yesterday. I was I don't want to bore everyone to death, but I, I really smashed my step count over the last few weeks. So um, yeah, that's been busy. Exactly. I think this is exactly the kind of content that people tune in for. Isn't it? The, number <laughs> step, the number of steps you've been up to uh, across across various parts of Cardiff and uh, yeah, and down the club. Um, of course, yeah, exciting times around the corner for uh, for uh, for Glamorgan Wanderers as the season gets underway. But we are going to concentrate primarily on the uh, the Rugby World Cup, which is a matter of days away, Murph. Uh, before we get into the uh, the nitty gritty of the preview. 
how excited are you as a fan with the Rugby World Cup? Yeah, a few a few days away. Yeah, do you know, because of your um, prompt about some of the topics we're going to discuss later, I started looking at the kind of fixture list and just next week, never mind the rest of the tournament, just next weekend is absolutely stacked. I mean, I, I can, you know, you, 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 uh, you, I think you got in there um, most anticipated game. There's probably let's four. Next, let's, let's there's probably that, four mate. next weekend. Let's go, let's go straight into that because I see I sent you a few things that we're, that we're going to mm. go through, and that's what we're going to do with this. We are going to do our kind of predictions uh, ahead of the the Rugby World Cup. So if you've ever listened to our Six Nations previews, uh, please don't listen, uh, re-listen to this year's where I predicted a triple crown for Wales. But um, yeah, if you've ever listened to them, we do kind of we we have a look at top try scorers and who's going to be the winner and surprise packages, player of the tournament, all that kind of stuff. So we'll be doing that usual stuff during part one of the show. We've also got some listeners' questions and we'll also be uh, previewing specifically Wales versus Fiji, which of course is uh, uh, is never far from our thoughts. But Murph, you've, you've teed us up perfectly. This seems like the, the perfect place to start at the most anticipated game of Rugby World Cup 2023 for you. Um. Well, like I say, I started looking at this weekend, and I don't think you really need you. You don't really need to go past Friday night. You France, really New don't, Zealand. do you? I mean, it'll bring me on to a can of worms about the betting for this tournament in a minute. But you, you go France, New Zealand, and the next day you've got the potentially hilarious England, Argentina, and, and also I think the same is that the Saturday or the Sunday is Scotland, South Africa, which could be a classic, mm-hmm. um, and then potentially everyone else laughing at us on Sunday night or all within three days of each other. So I'll stick with France, New Zealand, because um, uh, what I just mentioned there about the betting, I, 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 this is a question to you and anyone else who's interested listening or, or, or pays any attention to um, uh, bookmaking, right? Why are New Zealand favourites for the whole thing? Well, I believe, right, The uh, I may be wrong in this, that um, the the odds that you see with sports like rugby are heavily influenced by the amount of money that gets put on them, right? So, sure. I, so you know, you go back to, um, you know, more so than, than horse racing and other sports, you go back to World Cup 2015. I think England actually started that, whisper it, England started that favourites, I think, uh, according to the bookies. Right. And, you know, everyone knows that's madness. So I, I presume that it is just that people have have been kind of voting with their wallets and that, that they that they really fancy New Zealand. So uh, am I safe to assume that, that you just don't fancy in this time round, Um I think, you know, look, they they, they always turn up, as it were, for the, for the big tournaments. But we're at that time of year where people who never normally pay much attention to rugby are starting to take an interest because it's the World Cup. And it's the same for kind of journalists, journalists as well. Yeah, we did. We did try and get Dan Killick on in that vein, but uh, he said he's on next week. <laughs> and um, so there's, you know, articles going about that um, talking about the World Cup. And they're saying like uh, New Zealand favourites to win. They've won it three times before, and, blah, 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 and they, we think they'll win again. Well, yeah, they've run it three times before, but 1987 bears no fucking relevance. No fucking relevance <laughs> to next week at all. I don't think John Kerwin's going to start next week, is he? Exactly. No, no, Buck Shelford uh, and. And yeah, I mean, 2015 does, but uh, the the great names from that side are long gone. And last was it last autumn or the autumn before? France put 40 points on New Zealand in France, and that's where they guess what? Yeah, that's where they're playing point. on Friday. They've also had a shellac in off South Africa in the last few weeks. Why? why you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they should be fucking 20, 10 to one. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, 
But why, there's, there's potentially three people behind them who should be shorter favourites of the World Cup, potentially. Arguably Ireland, maybe, because they got a bad record in World Cups. But France and South Africa, on all form in the last 12 months, should be shorter price. It, I'm, look, I know it's just, it's not, it's not fucking climate change, you know. It's not, <laughs> it's not the end of the world if the betting's wrong. I just find yeah, it that, so, I just find it so part, fucking that, weird. That is Mirth on climate change is another one we'll, we'll stick to have a Patreon special. Um, it's not a burning issue of our times, I agree. But it's weird. It's a very, it just strikes me as so strange. Previous World Cups, you, you'd have no choice because than, than to make uh, New Zealand favourites because they would come in on the streak of unbeaten 14 games and be rightly fucking looked at as slightly unbeatable well this this team are anything but and they're anything but unbeatable and yet the less the, i think the the best price you can get is 11 to 4 i don't know if i can need them i'd rather bet argentina than uh, uh, uh and get some value so um it's just i just struck me as strange why why they why they're leading the bet i think people are li- Literally doing oh yeah they won it three times you know they do the hacker they look they look scary they must be they must be the winners I think they're you know I think it's possibly one of the weaker All Blacks side that has that has rocked up at the World Cup. Very interesting, very interesting. We're definitely going to get into this in more detail, but I do want to stick for the time being with most anticipated game, and I'm absolutely with you that it it's. It's impossible to look past. It, it, yes, it's a great opening weekend, but it's impossible to look past France All Blacks this weekend. And I think you you look back to previous World Cups, and it has been a very long time since we've had a, an opener like this. What was last time around was Japan Russia. Before that, it was Fiji England. Was it Fiji England? Twenty eleven was New Zealand Tonga. Um, I suppose, yeah, Argentina, France in in 07 was a very good one because you had that big upset. Um, But really, like, you know, a a game as anticipated as this, I think you'd have to go back to 1995 for an opening fixture as good as this when Australia played the Springboks in in South Africa, you know, with the Springboks having not ever played in a Rugby World Cup before. Uh, It's This, for me, is, yeah, you know, I know I get what you're saying. This is not a vintage New Zealand side, but it's still New Zealand. And New Zealand, France has such a brilliant Rugby World Cup history. And yeah. historically, you know, to go back to your point, you look at history, uh, generally France have had the wood on them. Mm. You know, they, they've um, they've upset them um, a considerable number of times. 07, mm. um, they almost, you know, there's a massive jitters in, in 11. 1999, of course, when they came back mm. from 20-odd points down. So, I mean, it's just, it's a brilliant fixture on paper. And mm. this French side is, you know, is a joy to watch. What I would say to, to look at that fixture in particular, though, is that France are, are suffering a bit from from injuries. Do you think the loss of uh, the loss of Valemza and Cyril Bai and, and Untermak is going to impact them um, in terms of this opening game? Uh, and also, yes. Sonti, I think, is not going to be fit either. Oh, right. That's news to me. Shit and hell. Um... Yeah, they will, but I think especially at fullback, if any country can cope, I mean, South Africa are without their first choice ten as well. But if any mm-hmm. country can cope with uh, some, like we, we major players for us is it kills us. You know, some, someone of players of that stature in our setup, it, it really kills us off. But if anyone can cope with it, uh, France have got the the depth of that. I mean, Dante, I think is probably the biggest blow of them. But you know, Entermac, you just go Jalabert, who's probably yeah. first choice for most other countries. So um, it, it, it's doable. Um, that might be why they 
then maybe that's why their price is not as short as it could be. I don't know. But um, Dante's, I mean, Dante is a new, that's happened recently, that injury. So that yeah, so he'll be fit for the rest of the tournament, but won't be fit for um, oh, right, what I'm is with. unlikely to be fit for the first game. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, they've, they've had a dip in form over the summer. They haven't been as impressive in the pre in the World Cup warm-ups as they were in the Six Nations when they put 50 points on England, you know, that you know that, that kind of form. They haven't been in that form. But if they get back to early this year form, um, it could be, you know, it could be another... Fo- it probably, because uh, of the pressure that's involved now for a home country in the World Cup, it probably won't be. But it could easily be another hiding, you know, like it was... Really, Last autumn. I I think that I think the pre- the pressure is the really interesting bit for here uh, for for me, Murph. And we've I think we've discussed this before. You know, major sporting events. I think when you're the host, you either rise to the occasion and you look at you know, Japan last time round. Yeah, yes, they had some jitters in the opening games, but they topped their pool. You know, they beat they beat Ireland and Scotland, which is absolutely amazing. Looking back at it, mm. yeah, they absolutely rose to the occasion. You look at other instances, you know, England are the prime example. They absolutely crumbled under that pressure in 2015 in a tough pool. They couldn't get out of it. And and that's the, that's the fascinating thing is I think it goes one of two ways. And the first game, I think, is all about, all about getting that win. I can see France winning, but I can see it also being a grind at points. I think it's going to be a moment of magic or a, a mistake or a maybe even a refereeing decision, something mm. I think that France will be looking for that, not looking for, but may need that little bit of um, that little bit of fortune to get over the line because it's the pressure that comes with it is big, but you know you, there is going to be a lot of noise and a lot of expectation. And when if, if they do get early momentum, then I, I'm with you. I think they could they could um, they could well go on and, and put a good score there. But I think it's going to be cagey, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, it, if they can, like obviously we mentioned the South Africa hiding they've taken recently as well. If you can dominate, obviously South Africa can do that to a lot of teams. But if France get on top up front in the way that they did last year, I I really struggle to see. Agreed, it might not be because of the pressure. It might not be a big sport, but I, I really struggle to see New Zealand beating them. Um, they would, it would, like you say, it would have to be some uh, a tight game with like a. a uh, what is it, a, a dodgy a dodgy decision mm. or some kind of massive cock up interception or something for New Zealand to steal a close game, but otherwise, I don't know. I haven't looked at the individual betting on the game, but um, I got France the whole way. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see what everyone else is seeing in this New Zealand side. And I'm not, I'm not writing them off as uh, uh, failing to get out of the pool or anything. <laughs> I just don't see them winning the whole thing. Interesting, very interesting. Um, well, look, we're definitely going to get on in later on in the show into who we think is going to win, who's going to get out of which pool, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I want to bring us back to those uh, those points that I uh, that I sent you earlier. I think we're definitely in agreement that uh, um, that the most anticipated game is uh, is France New Zealand. It's the first game, brilliant. You know, there's there's so much to love about that. So very very uh, excited about that one. Uh, I want to bring it on now to um, to the players we're most kind of anticipating to see. Now, before we go on to player of the tournament, I I always like to talk about breakthrough players. Uh, again, to go back to my Six Nations prediction, I thought it was going to be Christian uh, who's kind of struggled to to find his feet in international rugby since. So I'm sure I'm going to put the kiss of death on someone now, but. Have you any thoughts about who will be like a big breakthrough player? Who's going to burst onto the world scene during this World Cup? Uh, it's probably 
again for kind of um, tourists, if you like, to to rugby who turn up for the big tournaments. Manny Libbock, um, mm. and Keenan Moody. I, any any other? I, I mean, um, they're not really. You know, they've been on on the South Africa scene for a while, but a lot of people are going to be seeing them for the first time. I mean, uh, uh, Libak is is taking over from an injury, and so and so is Kane Moody. This mm. Lucanio Am is out as well, isn't he? So um, I Am is out. Yeah, so those yeah. boys are going to be front and center, and you know, based on what South Africa have been doing to countries over the last couple of months. Um, they, they could just get a brilliant platform to show what they're made of and totally light up the whole thing. It's really interesting because a lot was made prior to the um, prior to the Wales South Africa game about Andre Pollard being injured and how crucial he was. Obviously, you know, as you said, there, Lacanio Am is out. You know, two uh, you know kind of totemic figures in the in the South Africa backline. Um, but yeah, Manny Lebok has come in and uh, and looked excellent and actually added a, a much more attacking dimension uh, mm. to them. Do you think that they're just far too powerful up front that really it can it affords them that bit more freedom behind the scrum versus the 2019 vintage, which was a bit more, well, it was a lot more structured and a lot more reliant on Faftaclair kicking and Andre Pollard being, you know, a pragmatic game manager? Yeah, um you know what they 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 still the 2019 version still had the ability to play they just were choosing not to then so i hope they don't revert to playing safe during the world cup because you know you that side you still had um uh, dialende um kobe you know <laughs> jesse Creel, uh, yeah, willie uh, Leroux, yeah. willie Leroux, i meant not jesse creel uh, and um they could do it but that they they saw the way to win in the world cup was the 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 way that you know up front and kicking and everything else, uh, kick and clap kind of stuff. But um, when when they build up a lead, then the opposition has to start playing open rugby, and that's when they pounce. So they they, they tend to. I mean, every, everyone's going to do it to some extent. They're going to play the percentages in the big tournaments, especially in the knockout games. But um, they've definitely, you know, they can definitely cut people open. That they've they've showed it. Um, They've showed it many times. It's just I hope I hope they they don't listen. They're under kind of slightly new coaching now than they were four years ago, but uh, it's the same kind of team I think, but different head guy. And um, yeah, I hope they don't go too much because it, it, I mean that the last World Cup was just basically uh, Fafter Clerk kicking shit out of the ball, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then trying to get the uh, the tap downs or whatever. So yeah, I hope they play more than they did last time around. I think judging by that, control. and judging by that shellacking of New Zealand the other the other night, I think there is an ambition to play a bit more. All that shellacking of Wales the the week before that, actually, for that mm. matter. But I, yeah, it's um, it, it will be interesting. Of those two players that you mentioned, Moody and Lebok, who who would you go for as your as your as your breakthrough player? Then, what's your prediction? Uh, I'd have to go for Lebok because I think Moody might might not keep Jesse Creel out. So I hope he does because I, I think he. I, I mean, Creel's a properly good player, but um, Moody I think is more exciting, and um, he just for experience levels they might just go with Jesse Creel. So I'll say I'll say Manny Libok. I mean, what I really mean is Arense, but he's been in the side a couple of years, so I can't I can't pick I can't pick Curly Arense. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a million miles away with my prediction actually, and go it goes back to your it goes back to your. Um 
slagging off of uh, of New Zealand. Uh, as much as as much as I say, I, I can see France edging past them in that first game, but I still think New Zealand got a big part to play in this tournament just because of the the quality of some of those players. And in my opinion, a player who very similar to your to your prediction is a player who I think is going to really excite the kind of um, the big game hunters, if you like, um, and that's yeah. Mark Talea. I think that he's that. You know, he's he's that New Zealand number eleven shirt has 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 made its impact over the World Cup. You know, we all we all remember Lomu in ninety five and ninety nine and uh, Rockathoco um, in, in successive ones. You know, Sivavato on the Lions tour. Um, you know, it, there there is something about it when they get it right. Obviously, um, Surve- Julian Surveyor as well, and I think that Mark Talaire is in that is in that similar mold. And if they back him, if they back him to play. I just think in a in an era of very kind of structured defenses where you don't get much of a chance having an out and out finisher, somebody who's got power and pace and everything else. Uh, I think he could. I think he could really be. Um, yeah, could can really kind of you know not that he needs to announce himself to um, to rugby noises like you and I, but I think you know there there is an there is an opportunity for him to be possibly the one of the stars of the tournament. Is uh, the other winger fit? Uh, Will Jordan fit? I think so. I mean, he's not new either, but you know, he's potentially, you know, top try. Yeah, we're not, there. we're not really, we're not really, um, we're not really um, going out on a limb with any of these players, are we? Like <laughs> no. as as breakthrough players, they're all they're all seasoned internationals. I well, suppose it's tricky Moody's because the one who's in. yeah, I mean, there's not, it, it, there's no one. In, in hardly any of the squads, who's going to have broken through in three the last three months, really? Because they're all, all right. built, they're all building towards this tournament. So they've looked at everyone, and then the ones you know. So unless, uh, um, like, unless you consider someone who's only been in the side a season fairly new, or they've never been to a World Cup before, then there's plenty to choose from. But otherwise, they, they, you tend not to get like a like a Lions tour. You tend mm. not to get bolters for World Cups because yeah. it's, no, there's true. too much at stake. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, for the wider public, it, it, there's there's a few boys who haven't been around long, you know, and they're the ones you can go for. But uh, it's not like um, what was it two seasons ago we picked LRZ as the breakthrough player of the Six Nations, you mm. know, because he was genuinely just turned up. But um, there's not too many. I mean, there might be some in the smaller countries that we we don't know yet. But um, in the big the big countries, it, there's too much like uh, 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 long term planning involved. For there to be really any any out and out bolters, yeah, there is a, there is always that enjoyment of spotting those players playing for the the emerging nations as well. You know, I think back to to watching Gorgodza play for Georgia, and that mm. was a uh, and, and yeah, he you know he's just a you just thought God, this guy is an absolute beast, and mm. I, I loved I, I love it when you have those players who are, are playing you know with the inverted commas lesser nations. Going to be interesting this time around, Murph, as well, because you do have the particularly the Pacific nations strengthened by uh, by some returning kind of All Blacks and uh, and stuff like that. Is there anyone you're looking forward to watching playing for playing for any of those sides? Well, looking forward to and also dreading newly the whole Fiji side. Look, yeah, I don't know if everyone else is thinking the same way I am. Wales's whole World Cup hinges on next Sunday night. If they, if they get beat by Fiji, which is entirely possible, they they've got to beat Australia, and I don't think they'll. I, 
I don't think they'll cope with the pressure of having to beat Australia. Whereas if they win the Fiji game, it, the Australia is like a shot to nothing then because they're going to finish second either way, you know. Um, but I think if Fiji and, and the way Fiji have played in the pre-World Cup friendlies, they're not giving penalties away. The set piece is reliable. Randrandra's fit. Everyone's two overs there. Like it, it's it, it's. They could uh, genuinely look. I, I know if this is if you're going to get hyperbolic, this is the time to do it just before the fucking World Cup. Fiji could win the group, and it would not be. It wouldn't. Obviously, the bookmakers are not expecting it, but it wouldn't be a surprise to me if they win the group. I agree. Let's save that uh, that doom and gloom for parts two and three, though, <laughs> uh, because <laughs> because we're definitely going to look at that in more detail. Right now, though, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue with our predictions for this Rugby World Cup, and then we're going to get into who we think is going to win the damn thing as well. So all that coming up after this quick break. Right there, been an absolute pleasure of the first twenty-three minutes to have you uh, have you back have you back in the side. Got through that, no no fitness worries whatsoever. Um, so we've spoken about some of the uh, some of the kind of inverted commas breakthrough players, and as I say, we're not um, we're not really going out on a limb there. So let's uh, let's bring it into player of the tournament. Who do you think is that one player who is going to go above and beyond everyone else, light the whole thing up? Probably, you know, will be from one of the sides featuring in the uh, in the final. If it's certainly the, the semi final, who's that player of the tournament going to be this time round? Uh, you well, remember I... from our Six Nations previews, we don't allow Anton Dupont as an answer. I will allow it for World Cup editions. <laughs> um, well, I think the player of the tournament is like likely to be like in the final at least. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's going to feature deep into the tournament. So you're kind of playing by giving your answer here. You're kind of playing your cards over. You think he's going to win as well? Oh, <laughs> all right, well. <laughs> you know that's fine. I don't mind. But um, the thing is, I really wanted to be uh, someone who's never won the tournament before. That's what that's what I want most of all from this tournament. I need we need a new name, and it would obviously for the for the tournament itself, it would obviously be very beneficial if the, the hosts go deep as well. So I'm not going to use the D word. <laughs> uh, so I'll say, um, oh, I, I, I would love it if the guy who's taken over from Intermac has an amazing tournament, Matthew Chalabert. He's yeah. not, he's not like a front line world famous player, but uh, he's got a great name, and he's he's not that, that, and that's important. It is important, yeah. I mean, Eddie would love it. Uh, the late great Eddie would love that. Um, he, he really would, wouldn't he? Like, there's nothing yeah. I'd love more than to hear Eddie Butler, Eddie <laughs> Butler doing, doing Matthew Jalabert's name. Once yeah, more. even his first name, he would he would put a French accent on Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, you know, listen, he's not even he's only a few percent. You know, if you're talking in terms of comparative to who he's replacing, he's only a, a step or two. It's, it's a toss of a coin over who is the better player, Jalibert or Entomac. Uh, I, I, think I really think it is actually. He's yeah. a lot more fashionable and to Mac. You know, he's you know he's a beautiful player to watch. Mm. Uh, but in terms of in terms of effectiveness, you know, you you couldn't wish for a more um, a more equipped player to come in. You compare it to like if if uh, if Sexton gets injured for Ireland, or you know, suspended or anything of that ilk. Mm. Mm. 
you can see you can see the whole thing come tumbling down for Ireland. Whereas, yes, it's a blow, and it's I think it's a blow for fans to not see him to Matt play because he's such an attractive player to watch. Mm. However, Jalabert is so well qualified to take that over. You're, you like you said in the first part, no squad has that level of depth as no. well as France do. I think a lot of the reason why Intermac is first choice is because he plays with Dupont every week. And then you've got that understanding all the time. Mm. So, you know, otherwise, that, that's how good Jalibert is. It's, it's just literally because of the uh, partnership with the scrum half. So, um, yeah, I would like it. I would like that if he if he was the, um, I don't know, player of the tournament. Okay, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Uh, you know, I know we don't use a D word, but it's difficult to take any limelight from the best player in the world inside you. You know what I mean? So you've got to, it's going to be tricky. Even when he's, even when he's just going about his business, he still gets, he's at the stage now, he still gets all the attention anyway. I mean, he has to though, doesn't he? You know, he is at the absolute pin-up boy for the whole, the whole tournament. Captain, yeah. best player, complete superstar. And does and does things that 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 Scrum R shouldn't really be able to do. You no. know, it's not it's not just the flash the flash is it, it, it yeah. is he is a complete maverick in the in the ages where we don't get too many mavericks anymore. And also, the probably the thing that aside from like raw ability, speed, strength, and all the other things, the two footed nature of him makes him impossible to predict for defenses. When he's box kicking or when he's cleaning his lines, they just they just, they just don't. He sends them one way, and he can just do whatever he likes. It, it, you know that it's, it's a risk of sounding like a football chance. He does what he wants. Yeah, he does though, doesn't he? <laughs> he just does what he fucking wants. Unbelievable. I, do you know what? It's a really interesting one that kicking off both feet because I, I remember you may remember the infamous interview we did with uh, with Di Bishop, and I can't remember if it. I, I'm sure it made the the very rough final cut that we put out. But he was he was kind of you know and obviously one a player from a very different era, but a player of the most you know absurd ability, and he found it astonishing that modern that modern scrum halves couldn't kick off both feet. Yeah. He was just like, well, you know, I pra- I practiced loads off my wrong foot and got very very good at it. And actually, there was a whole host of Welsh players in that in that period who could kick off both feet. You know, you look at Mark Ring and Paul Turner and all these players who could. Ooh. Who, who who could do it? I, I wonder why it just isn't kind of coachable because it's such an advantage for, and it is yeah. something that you can you can be taught, isn't it? You know, you can practice and practice and practice. You practice passing off your weaker hand until you get better at it. Yeah, that's right. I, I think is with some people though, are just like naturally ambidextrous, like, like like I don't know, like mm. a Glenn Hoddle or something. You just you just kick off both feet all the time. But a lot of it with uh, as opposed to passing, a lot of it with kicking is is your standing leg. Yeah, that's true. It, it's not. It's not people think if you're right footed, they think it's because you uh, you've got a powerful right footed kick. It's probably because your left leg, your left leg is really strong and it stabilizes you while you're swinging your foot. And that's what when you try when you try. I've tried it because I I was a really fucking bad Sunday morning footballer. When I tried to kick left footed, it wasn't that my left my left leg couldn't kick the ball up. It was my right leg couldn't keep me fucking balanced enough. Yeah. So um, it, it's um. But again, you you could strengthen it, I suppose, to make to make that happen. But um, some people have just they just you know, like you say, um, Bish practiced it. And my dad, bless him, still goes mad over the fact that professional footballers are one footed. Yeah. He said it's your full time job, and you're only using one foot. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Someone's paying you to be full time, uh, uh, 
Wendy Baller, kick the ball around all day for a living, but you're only using one foot. You should be on. He thinks they should be on half the wages. Um, yeah, it's it's an odd thing, but it, it some people can the really gifted people can just they could just do you know like some cricketers ball right handed and bat yeah. left handed and you know it's they just they wired up different I think. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, in terms of who I think that player of the tournament is going to be, you're right. You're kind of showing a hands as to who I think is going to go deep into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to go for a Springbok. I'm just in a in, in a few. It's a few kind of decisions as to as to who it might be. I think it's a big boost for them to have Khaleesi back. And um, and again, I think as we discussed a number of times, there's something about him I think is a figurehead that they seem a much more calm side when, when he's around, I think as a, as a leader, he does, uh, he does a lot for them. And as we've also said that there, there are times when you would look at their best back row in terms of individuals and he might not get in there, but I do think he, he could have a big impact on the, uh, mm. on the tournament. And it might not be, uh, this might imply that it's not going to be a particularly um, flashy world cup, but I'm, I'm going to go for Abernett a bit. I just think that you've got someone who has such an impact, and again, a, a side that's absolutely stacked with uh, with with beef in the in the back five. Um, he's just he's just an animal, an absolute animal. I think it will be someone like that, or Mostar, or you know, it, they're the kind of people I think who are going to have a huge impact on uh, on the tournament, and and that's why I can see South Africa go deep. Almost, almost looked like he wasn't going to make the World Cup at one stage. Evanessa Beth had a yeah, nasty injury in the spring. Um, yeah, I, 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 the trouble is, I hope it's not Evan Espeth. I hope it's not Franz Malherbe because that means only one thing. Yeah, it does. You know, it means well, forward, it, forward domination, which has got its place. But also, I want to see, I want to see sides open up. at you know, at some stage, I, I don't want to look. They changed the rules, didn't they, um, a few years ago to stop the pick and go on the line, pick and go mm-hmm. on the line. If you don't score, you still get a scrum. That that's all gone. So they've had to adapt the way that they won't be able to do. They were doing that in 2019. They won't be able to do that now. So that'll tidy up some of it. But I I don't want to, especially when it's all the part timers watching and they end up watching lots of scrimmaging. I can watch yeah. scrums all day. I can watch them all day. I, I I love it. But in a World Cup, you need to really showcase you know the sport. And so um, yeah, I know I take your point, but I I, I really rather it was fucking. Jalibert or, or, or Hugo yeah. Keenan or you know uh, 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 no you know that kind of yeah. player that's what I want that's what absolutely you want to, yeah you know so uh, um, when it comes down to the the knockout games I, I dare say you'd be absolutely right <laughs> no yeah, well that's it I think you know again we look back at World Cup history and, and you're right you can probably not read that much into what Buck Shelford did in 1987 but those trends I think you can read into is that when it gets into the business end things get tight and that's where World Cups get won by get one by good goal kick in, they get one by good set piece and uh, and, good the, and those kind of things. Yeah. Good discipline. And, uh, you know, that's where, um, that's where I do think things will be won. But I'm absolutely with you. I'd much rather see, you know, Jalabert tear things, tear things apart or yeah, it, it's a game that, that comes down to backs. And, um, you know, we, we will see. I, I'm convinced that it's going to be an exciting World Cup. But then, yeah, when it gets down to the, gets down to the, um, to the nitty gritty, that's where you can kind of see those South African those South African forwards playing a big role. Um, while we're talking about players, let's say who do you think is going to be the best Welsh player in this tournament? We haven't got your thoughts on the squad, Murph. So yeah, having had a look at that um, at that squad to head over to France, who, who's going to be the the biggest achiever during uh, 
during this tournament? Uh, do you know? I I, I don't know. Um, it's um, like um, events have kind of spiralled very quickly to the point where there's lots of players we expected to be there who were not there, you know, admittedly all-timers. But um, things have moved really quickly since about, what was it, June? When uh, No, a bit earlier than I think when uh, yeah, Alan Wayne and, and Chips retired on the same day. And then it was at regular intervals, there was someone else who who, um, who was not going to go. And yeah, Carey was Carey didn't make his fitness and then Reese Webb signed in France and then everything else that's gone on with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there was the doubts over Toby and one of you. Uh, so anyway, um, I do, do you know? Listen, uh, funny enough, you mentioned Khaleesi just now, and when you mm. mentioned Khaleesi, it automatically made me think of Jack Morgan because in the mm. in the uh, summer friendlies, Jack Morgan had a dominant, great game against England. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about Foss last form, <laughs> that was Foss last form <laughs> because it turns out that side, because that was a second choice England side that came to Cardiff. Yeah. Uh, he was up against Tom Pearson, who to me looks like a anything but a seven. He just didn't look like a modern our idea of a seven anyway. Mm-hmm. Um and the uh was it Ludlam, I think, as well, was on the other side of the scrum. Yes, Ludlam and yeah. uh Don Brandt, who's since been dropped out to the whole squad. Oh yeah, Don Brandt, yeah. Um exactly. and probably you know, I know it was a, it wasn't a there was nothing on that game really apart from preparation, but that was one of the worst I think it was one of the worst um England sides that have come to us probably since you know when they were rubbish all the time in the eighties and early eighties. Before really my time, time, mate. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people's before a lot of people's time. But when you could rely on beating England back in those days, um, that was a weak side. And then, of course, people I think went a bit far with the Jack Morgan thing. He had a great game, fine. But who was he playing against? Then, he, then you come up against Khaleesi. Jack Morgan heading up against Khaleesi, and how did he fare in that game? He still had it. He still actually. Morgan. I thought he had a great game. Actually, he had a good that, game. That game so it, you know, in a it very, was, in a, it was yeah, like a big reality check. I would say on what he, what he's, what he's going to do on the world stage. Just, I mean, I'm not dissing anything because he still played well against South Africa, but um, I, I, I just think the react. I know it's part of the, it's part of the gig, really. To rave about people when they play well but I just thought you know that was proper Foss last form that was against England and really? uh, and then um, Khaleesi you know when he's going to come up against other you know do you fancy him against Charles Olivon? I, I, I if I'm honest I have no concerns about Jack Morgan now I'm no I don't sold. no 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 mm. he's a, I think he's he's uh, on a likewise with Entermac and, and um, Charlie Bear I think there's not much to choose between him and Raffle they are our best too but oh, uh, yeah. I wouldn't. I I just thought it was the way people raved about that England game, the first one. You're uh, right. It, it is. It's very difficult to know where you stand with these fixtures because mm. yeah, it is. It is kind of fast last form, and it's, it, you know, yeah, particularly that first game where England discarded basically everyone who played in that game thereafter. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, they did, didn't they? Like you know, pretty much the whole squad was was chucked away after that. I mean, we beat them the following week as well. I know we didn't technically beat them, but we, we kind of did. But, you know, you're right. You played two games against England, and this turns out that this is the worst England side I've ever seen. And, really? Um, really? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. The the only side I can think of that's that's been as bad as this was kind of under Andy Robinson and then under Brian Ashton in 07. And then 
And they got to a World Cup semi-final. Oh, seven. They got to World Cup final. Yeah, yeah, they got to World Cup final. And actually, if you remember, they beat Wales sixty-five points to five in (laughs) at Twickenham in the uh, in the corresponding fixture that year. And so, yeah, very similar scoreline to that. And Mm. yeah, I I think this this thing was like it was dreadful to me. But so you know, it's hard to see what to, to get. But the thing that I that I've taken hope from this whole time is that we've seen Warren Gatlin coach three. Rugby World Cups before he's always got them ready. We've always performed well at each of those Rugby World Cups: two semi-finals oh, yeah. and, a, and a quarter-final. When really, it was a miracle to get out of that group, especially with the injuries and playing England in their own backyard. Mm. So he knows how to get a side ready. And if there's the thing that Gatland always gets right, I mean, I'm not saying he's the perfect coach. The thing he's very, very good at is judging an international quality player. Mm. And I yeah. think if he's taken a look at Jack Morgan and gone, do you know what? He's not only because he's got he's got his pick of sevens, like you say, is Tommy Reffle, you know, Bash is in the squad. There's there's a whole host of others. He's left Thomas Young behind. There's a load of others he could go to. Yeah. But I think if he's taken a look at it and gone, yeah, this this kid can go can go further. I think there is. I think there's there's even more to come from from Jack Morgan. Um, and in that similar vein, my my pick for the the player who you know, and there's it's no surprise that I'm going to say that Derry Lake is. You know, is a, is a favourite of mine. Yeah, when he's when he's back to full fitness and he's playing, I, I honestly I think this kid is going to be an all time Welsh great. I really do. He's just, I, and I know he's got to get his darts sorted out. Um, but you know that'll come. There's there's so there's so much to like about him. He looks so calm in front of in front of the cameras. Age twenty four as well. Mm. You know, I think Jack Morgan looks like a bit more like Warby did. You know, a bit kind of un. A, a bit nervous, kind of when the when the cameras are on. Darry Lake just seems completely kind of relaxed, and I think I think there's, I think you you can kind of you can see how that would translate into the dressing room and how he'd be a calming influence on the side. So I think there's I think there's a lot to come from him. So I am prepared to overhype him ahead of the World Cup. Yeah, in answer to your question, I I, I probably would have picked Dewey, but more because I'm not entirely sure who our first choice centres are. But I, no I, I would like. No, I would like it to be Mason Grady. I would like him to be the star mm. performer for Wales. That would be because if he's having a great game, we're obviously getting loads of decent possession and ball, and he's making you know he's tearing uh, big holes in the opposition. Um, so that's who I'd like it to be. But I can't be hundred percent sure that he's a, he's starts the bigger matches. If you know what I mean. I'm. I would say I'm a hundred percent sure he doesn't at the moment. <laughs> I think I, no, and that's no. That's no yeah, slight yeah. on him. I just think I think Gatland will see him as an impact player, mm. someone who could slot into the twenty-three, into the twenty-three shirt, covering the wing as well as as well as the centre, and coming yeah. on against tired legs. I think at this stage in his career, that's where he might have more impact because who he do can you kind of exploit those things? Who do you think is going to be twelve, thirteen then? Um. While we do that, I must figure out who asked us this. I mean, people have been asking this every single week, uh, this question. So I will find it in a minute uh, to say thank you to whoever uh, sent in that question. I think 12 and 13. So North will start at 13. Mm. I'm, I'm sure of that. And I think I think he's going to go Johnny Williams. Do you? Mm. Hmm. Now, if you're trying to stop Semi Randrandra mm-hmm. in the first game, to me, the best way to do that is Tompkins and North. Tom, I know, I know, you, I know, yeah. you're not a fan, but I think he's the best defensive centre we've got. He probably stops us passing the ball out sometimes. But if you want someone to be a complete pain for the opposition in defence and basically try and shut down the ten twelve channel, 
Tompkins is our best operator at that. I'm not sure. And then you can drop him for the rest sure. of the tournament. As long as we get, as long as we beat Fiji three nil with Tompkins yeah. at twelve, <laughs> then you can sit on the bench the rest of the time. But I personally, I think if you, if you're trying to bottle bottle someone up, and I, uh, John Williams is not a bad, it's not a bad defender, but he's not as uh, intuitive as Nick, Nick Tompkins is around I the think I, If I'm honest, I think he's a better defender. Oh right, okay. Oh. I think position. I think position. He's better, and uh, you know that's that's an area that's, that that we've got to get right. I, the, but that said, um, I I could, or you know, it's it's perfectly, um, yeah, it's perfectly believable to see Tomkins mm-hmm. getting the nod. I'm not. I, I'm not hundred percent convinced that Gatlin's a massive fan of Tomkins. If I'm honest. No, um, I'm, I'm no. I think long term he sure. would he would squeeze him out. I think uh, and go in favour of the the younger players coming through and what have you. But um, mm. I just think for this game, it's also it's the mo- it's been very very well publicised the issue of the centre partnership over the last four years under um, Pivac yeah. has been a complete fucking disaster. No no one's ever yeah. had any kind of partnership building or time or minutes, and the only the only one with any kind of. Uh, uh, History together is Tompkins and North. That's yeah, available that's true. juice here, so I, I just think that that might sway. I I, I agree though. I, I I don't think Gatlin's a huge, particularly huge fan, but these are the ones who've got the experience of. I mean, Tompkins has actually had great games against people like Bundyaki and what have you defensively. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. The good point. But um, yeah, that, that that's that's uh, uh, that's why Gatlin is the head coach, and we're not. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I think what's edging me towards thinking he's going with Williams is he's done everything he can to give Johnny Williams a chance at getting in the side. He gave him that, you know, he waited for him. He didn't go on either of the fitness, uh, either of the training camps, I don't think, and then has given him yeah that opportunity against South Africa, which you know had its good points and its bad points. And part of me thinks that based on that, he's he's kind of he's gone right. You know, you're you're the guy. You're the guy for me. I've given you, you know, given you the chance to to get in, and I've seen enough that says that I think you're the best. You're the best twelve we've got. So mm-hmm. that's what makes me. That's what makes me think he'll um he'll go. Right. For yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah. A little bit like I don't know, Falatel, whatever. That's similar. Yeah, he still wants him there, kind of thing. So I think, yeah, yeah. You know, perhaps not to the same level as um no. uh, as Toby, but but yeah, that same kind of thinking. Um. Yeah, so I think that's that's what's kind of edging edging my prediction. You right, we are it. going to we're going to take a look, Murph, in the final part of the show at, at who we think the overall winners, the the dark horses, and the underachievers are going to be. But first, we are going to take this very quick break. You are listening to the Attacking Scrum Rugby World Cup preview episode with MSG Tours. Uh, As you'll have heard us say in the last few weeks, we are going to be heading out to France for the Wales versus Georgia group game, which I hope uh, is going to be a cracker and I hope is going to be one for us to to top the pool. We'll, uh, we'll get into that and, and what are your predictions on that will be in a, in a second, Murph. But if anyone fancies joining us out there, you can do that um, by taking a look at MSG Tours packages and all the details are on our pinned tweet on Twitter or X, if you prefer to call it that. And right, Murph, let's get into these. Let's get into these predictions. Um, I have got on my on my uh, tablet here to my left the uh, the Telegraph predictor. 
So I'm going to use that as um, as our kind of our basis of, of who plays who. So we're going to start with Pool A. Okay, so just a, as a reminder to anyone listening, this is the one with New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay, and Namibia. Now, based on what you said in the first half of the uh, in the first part of the show, France top that group. Yep. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go with you on that one. I mean, that's a really. I mean, that's you know, aside from first and second, that's an entirely predictable. I can't see Italy upsetting either of the other two. So, since the, probably the most predictable pool of the lot, I would say. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So we'll go France, New Zealand, Italy, Uruguay, Namibia in that order, I would suggest. Um, yeah, it's hard to see. Yeah, but on that side of the draw, finishing first or second is really interesting because you're going to end up playing someone hard regardless of, of whether you finish first or second. So yeah. um, the only interesting thing that I would say, again, to go back to World Cup history, is New Zealand have never lost a pool game. So that would be the first pool game they, they would ever lose. I'm sensing by the fact that you're not interested in what happened in 1987 to, to suggest that, that that's that's not going to play much of an impact. Uh, well, last last tournament, that was the first time the winner had lost a pool game. I there think South go. Africa had actually lost lost a pool game and gone on to win it. So it does. Mm. We it used to be like before then. It used to be a thing. Anyone lose a pool game, they got they're not they're not likely to go on to win. So you can you can kind of forget those now. I think um, the um, yeah. I mean, you, I don't want to go banging on about New Zealand again but 87 bears no relevance to now neither does 2011 there's no, no. player from 2011 involved in this and that, you know that, that we know all the details about 2011 because we were we were very close Wales were very close to being in that final and uh, and on the night New Zealand were dog shit and still managed to beat France and we think we'd have fucking won that game um, we, were, we wouldn't have Let's put everyone's well, you, mind at ease here. We well, the, well, the referee easy. was the referee had made his mind up he was going to fucking win. But, but I just mean, yeah. I just mean, again, there's no survivors. You know that that's that it's got nothing to do with France in 2023, 2015. Now it's because there's still you know you still got your white locks and whatever you was still around. Mm. But all the all the the Amanu Amanu who done Dan Carter and uh, and uh, uh, Richie McCaw, like the, what have they replaced them with? I mean, it, well, the, Sam, I, Sam Kane. Sam Kane is McCaw, isn't he? Shit, uh, shit Richie McCaw, as uh, Peter O'Mahony called Peter him. Peter called him. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're all top quality, but they're not world leaders in the same way mm. that those three were. You know, the, those three I've just mentioned are amongst the best players New Zealand have ever produced. And the competition is, this... is better. The competition is better now, right? So, oh, sure, in 2015, sure. in 2015, South Africa, Australia, you know, Australia kind of rescued something, didn't they, under under Michael Checker, uh, having been a shambles like 18 months before. They pulled something out of the bag. And what happened in 2011, you know, realistically, it was all about whether New Zealand could hold their head losing Carter with injury. They, you know, they were comfortably, uh, had a much better squad than, than anyone else. Whereas, yeah, this time round, I think in my lifetime, this is the strongest, the most competitive World Cup in terms of the quality number, the number of quality teams in it. Yeah, there's, there's you could there's easily four teams capable of winning. Usually, you're looking at about three, maybe I'd say. You know, the, the well, the, the people who have the people who've won it in the past, basically, they're the three who are yeah. capable of winning the tournament normally. But now you've got France and Ireland in the mix as well. Um, yeah, you're right. It's the most, that, that's why that's the the biggest feature of this World Cup is the the, the, the competitive. It's the most competitive one we've ever had. 
And in terms of competitiveness, Group B is arguably the most exciting out of all of them. So this is South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga and Romania. Um, I mean, <laughs> group of death. Right, I think based on everything we've said to start with, South Africa top this. If it goes to form, South Africa top this. They're too powerful for Ireland. They're too powerful for Scotland. Um, I think they're too powerful for Scotland, but I don't think Ireland... I don't, personally, if Ireland play to the form they've been showing over the last couple of seasons, I don't think they care how powerful anyone is. They're just, they're just going to be relentlessly moving them around. If, if they can, you know... Uh, withstand the kind of set piece pressure which they've definitely got the line out to to, to deal with them um, oh, yeah. so if the scrum holds up uh, and um, they're able to go through their phases I can see Ireland beating South Africa even though I think South Africa are more likely to win it than New Zealand or most of the countries uh, I, do, I, I still think that that's not a, I don't think that result is cut and dried at all yeah I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure it's cut and dried but mm. I think it's one of those that Ireland might go in favourites, but I would fancy South Africa. Um, I, it, this is a this is a big big step for Ireland. They've been here before, having had very very good seasons ahead of ahead of World Cups. It is a rugby World Cup cliche to say Ireland peaked too soon. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that is the case. I think the other thing is no, they're better than I they've think, ever and, been. Oh, they are better than they've ever been, without doubt. They've got more depth than they've ever been, with the exception of that side <laughs> half. Yeah, the yeah. wheels come off if right. Sexton gets injured. You know, as good as, good a player as as Burn is. Is he is he back from the ban in time to face South Africa? Yes, mm, that's going to be telling. I believe so. so. They can they yeah. can limp through the other fixtures. You know, they can. But uh, yeah. if they're going to beat the top sides, they need they need Johnny. And I mean, would he be rusty having had a long break? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He doesn't. He didn't really do any moving, does he? It's like no, he's got too you know, much. The, the guy can experience. stand still, and he's got too much experience and too much um, the the way he reads the game. I, my my concern, if I were an Ireland fan, would be that so much rests on the fitness as well of a guy who's how old is Sexton? Thirty seven. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, with a history of of getting some head knocks and stuff as well, uh, that that's that's where I could see something happening if he picks up an injury. They will shit themselves, and the the wheels. Not only that, I think the opposition. Well, they've always had, but more than ever now that he's thirty-seven, the opposition are going to rough him up. Yeah, and and the trouble is because of his the way he's wired between his ears, he Mm. wants it. Maybe maybe he's learning a little bit now that he's getting you know to be ancient. But um, throughout his whole career, if anyone comes into uh, uh, hit him hard, he just runs harder at them. So um, yeah. That, and that's why, you know, that's why he picks up these big injuries. But um, everyone, you know, especially the South African, the likes of South Africa, they're going to they're gonna target him because they know, like we know, that he's so important to Ireland. So, um, yeah, I... I oh, look, if we agree to disagree on the South Africa Ireland game, I think we both agree that that's first and second, even though Scotland have been in great form. Oh right, you can't agree. Oh. I don't know. Look, if we if okay. we need a we need a dark horse in the mix, and right. I just wonder whether Scotland have finally got something up their sleeve. They go into this with no pressure because none of their fans are expecting them to get out of the group because of the quality in there. Yeah. Um, which means Finn Russell will go into it with no pressure. And I just I, you know to go back to your point about hoping that certain players light up the World Cup. Nothing would give me more pleasure than to watch Finn Russell be peak Finn Russell and uh, and cause an upset. Same. I I, I wonder if um, 
this is not a slight on the guy. I wonder if Scotland have benefited from the absence of uh, Hogg. Do you? Retired. Yeah. You see, they seem to be, I don't know, they seem, especially when he was younger, a lot of their play was pass it to Hogg and see what happens. Mm. They can't do that now. They've got to actually concentrate on on, on their structure and, and, and uh, their um, depth and, and, you know, all the other regular stuff without just looking to give it to their star player. So, um, yeah, they seem to have kicked. They've kicked on since the Six Nations in a big way. I know. I know it's again their first last form, aren't they? The friendlies, but um, yeah, but it wasn't a bad Six Nations either. Let's be honest. I thought there was some no. really good stuff in there. To again, in a very strong Six Nations, not a dud one. There, I, I thought there was there was a lot. To, I didn't fancy them going into the Six Nations. I thought it might be a bit of a lame duck period for Gregor Townsend. I thought, oh, coming towards the end, he's never really got on with Finn and Stuart Hogg. He's going to peter out. Seems like the opposite, you know. They they've they've all of a sudden everyone's patched up their differences and they're all aboard the Gregor bus. And I just wonder <laughs> whether whether there's a bit of a what? Why was it? You know, Hang I on, who are they going to beat? They're going to beat Ireland, you mean? No, no. I, look, if they didn't have if they had Ireland first up, I could see that. Not that they've got a good record against Ireland. I could see them giving Ireland a bloody nose and winning it. Mm. I can't see them beating South Africa, and as a result, I think that's going to put the pressure on, and therefore. Ireland will Ireland will get out of the they will but at the same time you just you do just never know I think I think it's very easy to underestimate Scotland here um but but that said I've uh, yeah, I've, I've brought myself around to the fact that I do think it'll be the two green sides that get out of the pool yeah but it is I mean I agree it's potential for some amazing matches though you know whatever mm. whatever that uh, you know I while we're on Scotland, like Jack Dempsey, he sounds like a 1930s boxer, but what a... Fu- I mean, <laughs> that rejected was Jack Dempsey, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. sounds exactly like Jack Dempsey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the um, wasn't he like an Aussie reject or something? He played, 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 played in the last World Cup for the Wallabies, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, what a find. Well, it is and it isn't. Like, no, it is a brilliant find. It's just this, to me, is not what that... Um, what that uh, eligibility rule is there to do, you know, I don't think really Scotland should be, el- you know, should be uh, benefiting yeah. from uh, from no, players yeah, like, of the Wallabies. I know, but I just like watching him play. You know, if oh, he was brilliant. in the, he was he was in the Aussie setup, I would in, I would enjoy watching him play. But mm. um, the the thing is, he's I I can't remember who's first choice number eight now. I, I, Australia. Oh, it is him. Be... Oh, Australia. Uh, Valentini, is it? Right. I, I can't. The, the, I don't know if I'm getting old, but the turnover of Australian players mm. uh, seems to just leave me bewildered. I can't keep up, especially you know just now they brought back Quay Cooper and then he's been jettisoned again. I don't even know the name of the outside half now in Australia. He looks about fucking seventeen, you know. Why? Yeah, so, um, and he's the only outside half in the team as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think what I said about Hog retiring and this, uh, the emergence of this Dempsey has put a different. Um, different aspects to the way Scotland play this. Obviously, you've still got the unpredictability with Finn Russell and everything else, but um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they go, but I still think you're right. Well, we we do eventually agree the, the green sides are coming out of this group. We just don't know in which order. Which, let's, go, let's go for that. In which order? Which order are we going for? <sighs> the fact that Sexton's going to be fit to the South Africa game, I'm going to say Ireland top the group. I, I tell you what, listen, mm. I know I've been no, unavailable yeah. a lot, right? But I don't have to have my fucking cock on the block. 
I've said New Zealand are shit and they're not going to win us <laughs> anything. <laughs> and Ireland are going to smash uh, South Africa out of the pool stages. All right, mate. You pulled. You pulled rank. I'll give you that. Ireland to top the group. <laughs> South Africa second. Although I, I think South Africa will top the group personally. But um, uh, well, but let's go with that. Goal, it? It's touch and go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. Right. Um, do you want to come back to Wales group and we do the we'll do the England one as a bit of light relief. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Skip. Yeah, let's, yeah, do, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so yeah. we'll get we'll we'll skip on to Group D then. England, Japan, Argentina, Samoa, and Chile. Um, so. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 call a spade a spade here. Um, Japan are no great shakes this time round. It's no. not the same Japan side. It's a very it's and a real Samoa shame. Samoa are not see. Fiji either. Samoa are not Fiji. I no. wonder whether they're a bit buoyed by that again, Foslas and everything, but a bit buoyed by that performance against um, against Ireland. Look, I think so, again, so much of this hinges on that first game. England lose to Argentina, and they will be cacking it. Yeah. Um, I know. I can see Argentina winning on Saturday and England beating Samoa to finish second would be my prediction for this group. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, when I say Samoa and not Fiji, like uh, Fiji have got it together with a set piece of being very disciplined. They got, mm. they got everything's in place and Samoa are not quite there with the um, set piece. So they probably crumble against a big, especially if you're going laws, uh, uh, Itoje and, and, the, the interchangeable partner for Matoji, they, 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 whatever his name is, it changes every six weeks. Is a different partner for uh, for Matoji, yeah. but they'll all be, you know, massive. Uh, two, yeah, two, four, six, stacking the line out, mm-hmm. uh, and and then that forces someone with a kick on the field, and you know, we, we've been over this, haven't we? Um, so I don't, I don't, even though it's like we said it's a it's a it's a really poor England team, I don't think Samoa could um, um, face up to their line out. So, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Think... It's the easiest group. It's the easiest group, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that ours is, you know, is a vintage one, but I would, I would take theirs if you could swap England and, and Wales over. I'd take theirs uh, over ours. Yeah, every day. Um, but I, I, I they, they, they're in such disarray that it, it could go the 2007 route where they just come together and and. And you know if they get their power game going and everything else, they end up playing like Saracens or whatever. That could be effective. But I think yeah. also it it could go worse than twenty fifteen did. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's one of those two ways. I think yeah. if um, if Lawrence Delario starts knocking on the dressing room door, um, Steve Borthwick would be advised not to answer it because uh, otherwise, I think he'll be he'll be walking in there and and telling players to ignore what the coach said, like he did in two thousand and seven. Um, because yeah, I, you know, look, I, if this is a really tall. If you're going to sack Eddie, as we were saying with Paul Reese last week, if you're going to sack Eddie Jones, a, you know, a bloke who, you know, as we said, has massive, massive flaws, and they probably should have done it earlier. If you're going to sack him less than a year out, you've got to, you've got to appoint someone who is experienced enough to do that. And Steve mm-hmm. Borthwick, for me, excellent coach though he is, is not an international, is not an England head coach right now. He's got. Um, He's got an awful lot to, to prove to do that. Yeah, and what's worrying is even uh, Sinfield, the defence looks shambolic at times. It's just, mm. I, I don't, it doesn't look like a Sinfield side. It doesn't look like it's coached by, by you know, compared to what he did with Leicester and different other sides, he's coached as a defence coach. Doesn't even, even his kind of uh, stamp is not, is not on it. So uh, it, I don't know. Like they're starting to talk about the RFU now because they, they, they've mm. had Eddie Jones get gradually worse and, and now Borthwick is 
he's never even had a honeymoon period, really. They haven't really gone brilliantly well under him. Uh, and so now that the gaze is starting to turn to the RFU about the way they're running the, the sport in, in that country. But, um, I mean, look, you just got to enjoy it. <laughs> just got to enjoy it while it lasts. It won't go on forever because they're a huge country with huge resources. But, you know, like I say, they could pull it together and, and have a decent run if they can get their kind of Saracen style game going. But I don't think their backs, I don't think their backs play I don't see it. backs. If I'm honest, I don't. I, I think that step up between club rugby and international rugby is bigger than it's ever been. Mm. And they had, you know, they had a period. Even under Eddie Jones, it was built around a core of Saracens players. Mm. And I just don't see. I don't see it now. I mean, He's it, come in trying to do the Leicester thing, and Leicester yeah. won a COVID. You know, won a um, won a Premiership during COVID times, didn't they? It's mm. um. I don't. I don't see the fact that, that he turned them around so quickly. I think is what what Borthwick yeah. got the job on. They went from near the bottom to winning the thing in, in like 18 months. But uh, it, I know Farrell's going to be back eventually, much too soon, and we won't go into that. But uh, uh, they, they're in a position now where they're going to be hiding George Ford in defence again like they were six, mm-hmm. five, six years mm-hmm. ago. Because it, otherwise, the 10 channel is just easy yardage for every side they play. Samoa, will be, Samoa get all of uh, George Ford. They, they, they won't... They won't uh, there was one, oh, I don't think it was somewhere, I think it was Fiji. Wherever they hid George Ford on a pitch. The wing, a lot the of time, w- yeah. On the wing in defence, they would just pass it to whoever was facing up mm-hmm. to him. And, and they won't they won't ease up. Uh, you'll end up having to be fullback when they're in defence. Uh, they just, they, they, their mindset is they won't ease up on the on the weakest link kind of thing. So um, that's where they are. And, and that changes, obviously, when Fowler comes back because he's a good defender. But... Um, they could be. <laughs> they could in theory be out before Farrell comes back in the side. <laughs> uh, but again, you know, because of, because of their, they got you know they've got seriously lumpy forwards. So if they get it together, they could easily go on a run. But um, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely like we said, one or two ways. It either completely yeah. goes to shit, or or, or they. They kind of ex- uh, exceed their um, their current form. Yeah, I, I see it as being just somewhere in between that for for the group stages. I, as I say, I think they'll. I think I can see them losing to Argentina because Argentina have played a lot of competitive rugby lately. You know, they mm. played the rugby championship and now into this, whereas England have been mucking around trying to find trying to find any side that that looks vaguely cohesive. So I can see Argentina topping it. I think England will get past Samoa. Samoa third, Japan, and then Chile. Happy with that? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, you, yes. You, you attempted with Samoa to pit them to second them, weren't you? Um, let's yeah, get on to the it, one that matters the yeah. most. Let's get on to Group C. So Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, Portugal. Perfect time to preview the, uh, the Fiji game, Murph, uh, because as you said, right at the top of the show, Everything hinges on this game. I think mm. we win this, we top the pool. We could be yeah. on, you know, momentum. Yeah. We lose this, it gets really cagey. Oh, I, I think if we if we lose against Fiji, I think we we'll go out. I think we we'll go out early. Do you? I don't see us mm. recovering the confidence or the um, or the momentum necessary to be uh, Australia. Australia, not a, a, a great vintage of you know Australian rugby either, but. Um, I don't think we recover the, the confidence or the momentum or anything to 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 beat Australia and get out of the group if we don't beat Fiji. So that's why when I say I think the whole 
World Cup hinges on Sunday night against Fiji. That's that's exactly it. I think we come home early if we don't beat Fiji. I could see that. I can see that. Um, just kind of trying to fast forward to that Australia game if we had lost to Fiji. Again, I mean, it's, yeah, then, it's really not a great vintage. No, I mean, uh, but by then, Fiji may have beaten Australia. You know, that's how good Fiji are that good. Yeah. Fiji are that good. Um, and that, that would put a different spin on Wales Australia then because it would be like a fucking relegation battle. But, uh, oh, um, yeah. But I, I just think, again, 3 0 against Fiji is all, is literally all Wales need. Um, but they, you know, in their games running up to the World Cup now, they're giving away about eight penalties a match. So you can't even rely on field position or, or a regular stream of points that you would have in mm. previous iterations of them, you know. And so um, I don't think I don't think we've seen. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That they're, they're much more disciplined. They will always give you an out, you know. The interesting thing from a Welsh perspective is I don't think we've seen the first choice side play together yet. No, and. Um, you know, this is this is closer to a Lions tour than it is um, than it is a Rugby World Cup because yeah. you're trying to assemble a side from scratch, uh, but without the help of three other nations. Um, mm. So that that's going to be the interesting thing. I do think there's enough talent in this Welsh side, and I do think that again, if history's taught us anything, is that Gatlin prepares sides very well for World Cup. So I think we will, I, you know, we'll be. Um, designed to peak for that first game against Fiji and it's going to be bloody hard. I'm going Wales to just edge that and that's going to be the momentum that we can um, we can kind of build from there. I think we'll, we'll get past Fiji and I think it's going to be tight, like three points tight. And then from there, you've got a good schedule, Portugal next. Yeah, and then lovely, a, lovely. Like yeah, lovely breaks in between. Lovely, yeah. Yeah. And really a, yeah, seconds against you know, Portugal. You know, and a nice long turnaround to the yeah. Australia game, and then it's 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 Georgia in Nantes to finish. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. If we, if we do beat Fiji, I think we win the group. But I don't. I'm not. I'm just. I don't think. I'm not 100. Like the the last World Cup was agony against Fiji. That game was agony. I know. I oh know, gosh, yeah, it was. It was. It, it was I was an emotional mess by the end of, <laughs> and we were good. We were a well, we were a well drilled side by then, yeah. and we'd already beaten. It was a midweek game, though, wasn't it? Was it a short turnaround again? A Jonathan Davis. I'm fairly certain it was a midweek. Uh, yeah, no, that was the difference. Josh really. Adams. Josh Adams had a terrible first half and then scored a hat trick. I think. Yeah. Um, I hope it's not as. I hope it's. I hope it's not as. Uh, much of a roller coaster ride <laughs> as uh, as that game, but. Uh, you know, like I say, three 0 will be fine. Um, but mm. it, it is it is the whole the whole tournament for Wales hinges on the first match. You know, there's been other tournaments where you you, you I don't know you've lost to Australia in the first round, yeah, I mean, so yeah. and you've you've still got you've still got the opportunity to beat a Southern uh, a, a South Sea Island team to get through, kind of thing. This is 20, 2011, 2011 is the perfect example. Yeah. Lost to South Africa very narrowly in that first game. Mm-hmm. Scraped past Samoa in a very tight game. Mm-hmm. Battered Fiji. Um, and yeah, Namibia was always a gimme. And that was yeah. the that was the basis of that um, you know, that run to the semi-finals. Yeah. But this is the other way around. Because yeah, I know exactly. Australia are not the again, they're not they're not the challenge they have been in the past. But I just think for, for momentum and confidence. 
it would be so hard to come back from losing to Fiji to get out of the group. So, right, do we win it then, Murph? That's the big question. Uh, do we win against I Fiji? I don't think we've shown our hand that much in the. We played well at times, but I don't think we showed entirely our pattern or how we, hopefully, or how we're going to play off lineouts and different things. I don't think we've given it, shown everything we've got uh, at this stage. So I, I will, I will back us through sort of wincing eyes <laughs> that we're gonna we're gonna win uh, narrowly against Fiji. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same. Um, I'm also going to say that we then beat Australia. I think, I think, like you say, I think if we win the first one, we'll we'll beat Australia as well and top the it, pool. It's a good, um, it's a, yeah, it's a good way of putting it. We either win the group or we're out. <laughs> could well be that. <laughs> yeah, first or out. All right. Well, let's say let's say for the purposes of this, we're first. Um, <laughs> can can Fiji top or if Fiji were to lose to us, can they then topple Australia the following week, having? Played, you know, a very big game first up. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't like to call that one actually. There's a lot of familiarity there, you know, with the. Well, you're going to have to. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I wouldn't like to, but yeah. Uh, well, based on the fact that we think they're going to lose the first game to us, they kind of play without any pressure. Then, so they, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be everyone they play against is going to be. Uh, Hard work, but um, yeah, I think I think Fiji, I think us and Fiji are going through. There you are. Boom! There we go. I love it. Absolutely love it. Right. So that leaves us then with quarterfinals of Ireland versus New Zealand, France versus South Africa, Argentina versus Fiji, and Wales versus England. Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> right. I'm just I'm just going to put it out there and say if we can't beat this England side in the quarterfinals, then it's pointless topping the group. We're going to beat them if we if we play them in the in the quarters. Uh, I think everyone would like to be facing England in the quarterfinals. Everyone in the tournament. Right, I'm going to put Wales through. Um, <laughs> Ireland, New Zealand, Ireland. I don't think New Zealand can get on top of them up front, and if they can't, then. I, know, I mean, if any country be... in the world has got the whip hand on New Zealand in the last few years, Ireland is a, is that country. But it would be so Irish to have beaten them like six out of seven times, then lose them in a quarter final, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, they are. I mean, they are terrible in World Cups, but again, they've never been this good before. So, no. I'm going Ireland. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with you on this one, um, and we'll put Ireland through in there. France, South Africa in a quarter final. That's just a shame for that to be. I think I think that I think that could be the final, you know. Mm. But um, my prediction is South Africa win that. Yeah, and I, you'd be a fool to disagree. That's why I'm going for France, and it's purely because <laughs> purely because what I want is a, is an all Northern Hemisphere final between two countries that have never won it before. So that means France against Ireland. That's what I want to be in the final. They're probably lining up Fine. to meet each other you in made the semis. A... I think. You've made a compelling case. I can't see France beating South Africa, if I'm honest, if they meet wherever they meet. I just think South Africa, yeah. But I'm going with you on this one. And then Argentina, Fiji in the other one. Uh, Argentina, I think. 
Yeah, I, I, as much as I rate Fiji, like you, you got to have proper depth. They'll, they'll get the confidence if they beat if they beat England that first game. They'll have the confidence, and again, that tournament know how. Not that Gus Pichot and uh, you know Contopomi uh, are playing, but they will have the know how to get through um, yeah. to get through in that one. I think, which would mean um, semi-finals of Wales, Ireland, and Argentina, France. Which, as you've said, is Ireland would beat us uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and France would beat Argentina, yeah. and then an Ireland-France final. I mean, the other thing, I mean, now I'm starting to worry about my predictions because if you look at that semi-final lineup, there's none of the kind of historically big World Cup names in there. <laughs> there's no New Zealand, there's no South Africa, there's no... Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to um, I'm starting to try and distance myself from these predictions. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah I, I think you should, but I'm happy to, like I say, I'm happy to have my cock on the block. Uh, it'll all come, right. ha- and then... come back to haunt me in six weeks' time. Um, and then, yeah, and then my, my personally, my dream final is is France Ireland. Uh, but actually, I would take France against anyone, you know. But I just I just want yeah. there to be a new name on the on the trophy. I don't want it to be, you know. I can see, it, I can easily see it being South Africa. I don't want it to be fucking South Africa. <laughs> I want it to be someone new, and I want it to be someone who uh, 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 really fucking throws it about. So if South Africa turn up and play loads of rugby, you know, I won't complain. But I don't I don't want it like last time. I don't want any of that balls. All right. Well, on that vein, uh, let's call it France will win it, which would be magnificent in the, in the in their own backyard and the the kind of rugby that they play. So, um, well, you can crown right, so, yeah. you can crown the D word then with his World Cup trophy and the best player in the world, and then I think he's going to go and play sevens or something. It's so, well, you might have just been paper talk, but he's thinking of having a sabbatical from Toulouse and just going on seven circuit. Yeah, well, good luck with that because no one fucking likes sevens. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, they would if he was fucking playing. The, no, the, the ratings would fucking fly up. Uh, yeah, he, um, briefly. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, he, he, I, he, I think he. It's a bit like um, uh, I'm trying to think of a comparison in like um, it's a little, oh, no it's not, uh, Michael Jordan when he just said, "Oh fuck it, I'm just gonna be a baseball player now." Yeah, it is like that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too good at that sport. I think I need something more challenging. So he's just going to try. I mean, sevens is not a different sport, but, you know. Uh, yeah. he, he could probably just carry on, you know, winning the French League and, and winning the Six Nations f- for ages. But uh, he's he's done that, like, you know, so he's just having a freshener. Yeah, uh, you're right. Well, look, that feels like a nice, uh, a nice way to finish. And regardless of what I think will happen, which is a much more pessimistic South Africa um, winning it, I would much rather see France win it. So let's live in your world for uh, for the time being, Murph. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's get romanticist, shall we? Let's, yeah, absolutely. And never normally, it never normally stops us, does it? So let's let's go with that. Um, hey, thank you to everyone who sent in questions. I know we did. I think we've answered all of these, but perhaps. Um, Perhaps indirectly. So, thank you to Gareth Jones, the Glamour Gap, Yesin Rees Thomas, Joe Tunney, Gary Mason, and Ash Mead for sending in their questions. Um, and we will have uh, more listeners' questions next week, which uh, which we will take on. Uh, thank you to the Mighty Murph um, for rejoining us. Magnificent to have you back on board, mate. Thanks for and, having uh, me. Just in time, just in time for the uh, for the Rugby World Cup. Um, we should mention as well. I just saw the headlines coming just before we came on air that. Um, the uh, friend of the show, Alex Popham, is um, is in hospital after uh, um, suffering an injury during an during an Ironman and was unable to um, unable to recognise his wife following a concussion. So, she sent best wishes to um, to Alex as well. So, um, mm. 
yeah, sorry to uh, sorry to hear that. Um, but yeah, a big thank you to everyone who's been uh, who's been listening and who's made it our um, our best ever listener figures. Let's hope we can go one better than that during uh, during the Rugby World Cup as well. Uh, and big thanks, as we said, to our sponsors at MSG Tours. If you fancy joining us out in France, check out our pinned tweet on Twitter. And if you want twenty percent off coffee, you can do that over at So Coffee Trades. Um, so head over to So Coffee and use the code Scrum Twenty at checkout. Right, that is it for us. Uh, we make sure you subscribe as well because there will be some bonus episodes throughout the um, uh, throughout the Rugby World Cup. So yeah, that will make sure that you uh, that you stay up to date um, with all of it. But in the meantime, from the Mighty Murph and me, goodbye, and we'll be back to chat rugby with you very very soon. Podcast Network.